everyone. Welcome to another edition of The Scoop. I'm Dinah Jansen, and with me in the virtual studio today, I have Haley Scott of Queen's University here to talk about her recent paper presented at Inquiry at Queen's, an undergraduate conference uh, offered through Queen's Library. Hello, Haley. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. So tell us about yourself and your studies at Queen's. Uh, what program are you in? What, uh, what classes are you taking? Yeah, so um, I'm a fourth year concurrent education student. So I'm doing a medial in drama and English, but mm -hmm. um, I'll also be qualified to teach grades seven to 12. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited um, about all the studies I do, so much so that I really want to go to graduate school. Oh, fun. Uh, yeah, super cool, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and for your graduate research, what are you thinking about? I'm thinking either English or drama. Okay, yeah. so maybe we can talk a little bit more about your paper and how that might lead into some future research too. Very excited sure. to hear more. Yeah. So uh, how's it been going for you this year studying uh, and doing concurrent education via a lot of distance studies at this point? Right. You know what? I'm so lucky because I can read a book anywhere, uh, <laughs> whereas I don't have to conduct like chemistry labs <laughs> from my home. So um, I really can't complain. Learning has still been fantastic for me. Okay, wonderful. That's great to hear and very encouraging. So now, Haley, we're going to talk about your uh, research project that you presented at Inquiry at, at Queen's just recently. Can you tell us about the research project and what inspired you to pursue research in your area? For sure. So um, back in, not this past January, but the January before, um, I had a really strange, inspiring encounter um, at a performance called Sleep No More. It was in New York City, mm -hmm. and it was a three-hour immersive theater piece where you just wander a six-story warehouse all by yourself. Um, so I was a lucky participant um, who got locked in a back room with a male actor um, who became rather physically intimate with me. Um, however, it was all a part of the performance. So sounds a little bit scary, yeah. um, but I left, I left feeling like really excited. And I was like, this is the coolest theater thing ever. Um, but I didn't really know why, because for others, it, it could be really psychologically harmful, right. um, even traumatic. So that led me to my research question, which is where are all of the psychological dangers in participatory theater? And once we found them, how can we make these performances safe without jeopardizing the art? Indeed, indeed. Mm -hmm. What a fascinating question. And yes, the uh, yeah. performances themselves can uh, be triggering in many capacities for audiences, but the more immersive something might be for an audience member, really jarring and quite scary. I can't imagine how it would be for everybody, but uh, yeah, what a what a good research question that is. Uh, thank you. Okay, so now with the research paper that you presented, uh, tell us about how you conducted the research and what you argued. For sure. So I read a lot of cool books. So I read stuff on psychology, ethics, entertainment law, theater theories, like you name it. Um, I also participated in a lot of shows. So even though um, the pandemic has made us um, not be able to be like physically present with one another, mm -hmm. so many artists are doing a lot of cool virtual stuff. Um, so I, you know, I did shows where I had to help someone escape a kidnapping. I had uh, a show where I had a telephone call every single day with a whole week for an actor uh, or with an actor. Um, 
you know, I, I talked to an actor who claimed that they were me from 1920. I solved murder mysteries. It was really, really exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also talked to mental health professionals and they gave me practical strategies on how um, artists can make a safer space um, for their audiences. So you talked about uh, some of the folks that you've been reaching out to as well to help assist you with the research. What about faculty members at Queen's who have you been working with? Yeah. So I was a research assistant with Dr. Jen Stevenson Mm -hmm. and um, Mo Horner this past summer. Uh, And then I continued my research into the school year with them um, as a thesis. And then I kind of worked towards this conference. Fantastic. And now what's happening next? You you gave us a few hints that you're thinking about moving on to grad (laughs) school. Are you planning on pursuing research in this field and at the master's level? Yeah, I think it would be really, really exciting. Um, I want to continue this research in any way that I can. Um, You know, since participatory theater is so new, there's so much more to explore and to learn. Um, So I would love to continue on to graduate school and expand on the topics that I haven't had a chance to explore yet. Fantastic. Anything else to add, Haley, before we close today? No, just thanks so much for taking the time to have me. Thanks so much for talking about your research and congratulations on being a prize winner for Inquiry at Queen's this year too. That's really amazing. And (laughs) uh, best of luck. I look forward to learning more about your research inquiry and discoveries moving forward. You're too sweet. Thanks. tuned into CFRC 101.9 FM and you're listening to The Scoop. I'm Elizabeth Kim and we have a few news updates for you folks today. Cataraki Conservation will be closing and locking the gates on the Cataraki Trail on Wednesday, March 31st, 2021. The gates are open during snowmobile season to allow snowmobiles with a valid OFSC permit to use the trail. They are closed during the balance of the year to keep other motorized vehicles off the Cataraki Trail. Other than snowmobiles, only authorized maintenance vehicles are allowed to access the trail. The Cataraki Trail is a 104-kilometer-long multi-use trail along a former railway line that goes from Smith Falls to Strathcona near Napanee. Permitted uses on the trail include hiking, cycling, cross-country skiing, and horseback riding. For more information, visit www.cataraquitrail.ca. The Household Hazardous Waste Depot opens for the season on Thursday, April 1st. Located at the Kingston Area Recycling Center, 196 Lappins Lane, the depot accepts household hazardous waste items, Thursdays from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Saturdays from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Physical distancing and contactless service measures are in place, and residents are reminded to follow the directions provided by the depot attendants while visiting. Directions include stay in your vehicle while waiting for an attendant to serve you, either unload your items into a provided basket or stay in your vehicle while items are unloaded for you, wear a non-medical mask while using the service, and wash or sanitize hands before and after visiting. Bring proof of residency, for example, a driver's license, when dropping off household hazardous waste. For reporting purposes, the City of Kingston tracks whether facility visitors are from Kingston or another nearby community. So about household hazardous waste and what to bring. Never put hazardous material in with regular garbage or recycling and never pour it down a drain or toilet. 
store hazardous material in original containers in a cool, dry place safely away from food, children, or pets until you can bring it to the household hazardous waste facility. Look for warning labels and instructions on products and handle any potentially hazardous materials with care. Do not mix hazardous materials and, when possible, bring items in their original containers. Household hazardous waste includes items such as adhesives, aerosol containers, antifreeze, batteries of all kinds, compact fluorescent lights and tubes, fire extinguishers, fuels, household cleaners, mercury devices such as switches, thermometers, and thermostats, oil, paint, propane cylinders, and solvents. Don't know where it goes? Visit www.cityofkingston.ca slash waste lookup. Do not bring these items to the Household Hazardous Waste Depot. Asbestos, incandescent light bulbs, or smoke detectors, as smoke detectors can go in your garbage. To dispose of explosives, flares, or ammunition, contact Kingston Police for assistance at 613-549-4660. Certain household hazardous waste items can be dropped off at other locations. Expired or unused pharmaceuticals and your needles visit www.healthsewer.ca slash returns slash Ontario. If you find a needle, do not touch it. Contact KFLNA Public Health via the Street Health Center at 613-549-1440 to report its location. Visit www.makethedrop.ca or productcare.org to find a list of retailers that take some household hazardous waste items. City and Utilities Kingston schedules change this week due to the Easter holiday. Visiting in person risks spreading COVID-19. Please limit close contact with those outside your household and continue to physically distance and use face coverings as required during the Easter long weekend. Green bin, garbage, and recycling. There is no collection on Friday, April 2nd or Monday, April 5th. Friday's material will be collected Saturday. Monday's collection moves to Tuesday and collection moves forward a day for the rest of the week. Kingston Transit, there's no bus service on Friday. Kingston Access Services, no service on Friday, regular service Saturday and Sunday, limited service Monday. Call 613-542-2512 for information. KAS offices are closed on Friday and open regular hours on Saturday and Sunday and from 8 a.m. to noon on Monday. Kingston Area Recycling Center, closed Friday and Monday. Administrative offices, including Housing and Social Services and Provincial Offenses on Montreal Street, closed Friday and Monday. Utilities Kingston and Kingston Hydro. Utilities Kingston and Kingston Hydro are closed Friday through Monday. In the event of a utility emergency, such as a gas smell, power outage, or a water main break, call Utilities Kingston slash Kingston Hydro's 24-hour number at 613-546-1181. Hydro One Electricity customers in City West and East can call 1-800-434-1235. Enbridge customers can call 1-877-969-0999. Reminder for customers on time of use pricing. For electricity used on weekends and holidays like Family Day, prices are off-peak. Kingston Frontenac Public Libraries closed Friday, Sunday, and Monday. Arenas are closed Friday and Monday. Artillery Park Aquatic Center is closed Friday and Monday. Rideau Heights Community Center is closed Friday and Monday. Invista Center slash Fitness and Wellness Center is closed Friday and Monday. 
The Tet Center for Creativity and Learning is closed Friday and Monday, but open on Easter Sunday. The Juniper Cafe is closed Monday, but is otherwise open. Please use patio doors to access the cafe when the rest of the Tet Center is closed. Find events and programs at www.tetcenter.org. The Grand Theater Box Office is closed due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Find virtual events at www.kingstongrand.ca. The Pump House Museum is closed to accommodate and exhibit change. Find virtual activities at www.kingstonpumphouse.ca slash learn explore. The City Hall Market Wing Cultural Space is closed this Easter weekend. The McLachlan Woodworking Museums are closed. Over the coming weeks, Angonado will be hosting pop-up COVID-19 vaccination clinics in the Angonado Resource Center's auditorium at 191 Portsmouth Avenue. These clinics will be for individuals with developmental disabilities living in congregate care settings from various agencies in Kingston, Frontenac, Lenox, and Addington, including Angonada Community Living Kingston, Community Living North Frontenac, Community Living Lenox and Addington, Christian Horizons, and Sensity, to name a few. Many of the individuals living in our congregate care homes are medically fragile or have other vulnerabilities, putting them at higher risk of COVID-19 which is why Angonada has continually advocated ensuring they are vaccinated as soon as possible. In hosting the clinics in Angonada, not only is it taking some of the burden off the other vaccine clinics in the region, it is also an opportunity for individuals to come into a space that most are familiar with and have the vaccine administered by staff that they are familiar with, decreasing the level of stress and anxiety associated with the process of receiving a vaccine. Dr. Kieran Moore stopped by to tour the clinic on Thursday, March 25th. When asked how he felt about the clinic, he said that he was honored that the health unit was able to partner with Angonada and be able to immunize members of the community who are somewhat more vulnerable or are living in congregate care settings. Alistair Liam, Chief Executive Officer with Angonada says, these clinics would not be possible if it weren't for strong advocacy, excellent collaboration with KFLNA Public Health and the phenomenal effort of many staff from both organizations. It's wonderful that some of our region's most vulnerable people are being vaccinated as early as they are. In city news, Kingston has closed Breakwater Park Beach area and Gord Downey Pier. Based on the recommendation of KFLNA Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Kieran Moore, the city closed the beach area of Breakwater Park and Gord Downey Pier to reduce the risk of COVID-19 in the community. Kingston Police and the city's bylaw enforcement team are enforcing current regulations under the province's orders. The Section 22 order issued by KFLNA Public Health and this new Breakwater Park slash Gord Downey Pier closure order. Please call Kingston's police non-emergency number to report gatherings of concern at 613-549-4660. Variants of concern are cause of over 40% of new COVID-19 cases in KFLNA. Dr. Moore has confirmed that 42.1% of cases reporting within KFLNA in the last seven-day period ending on March 18th are variants of concern, and provincially, Ontario is reporting 2380 new cases, a sharp rise in total cases with an average provincial variant positivity of 49.1%. KFLNA Public Health recommends adherence to these strategies. Access asymptomatic testing if you have traveled or had visitors from outside our region to detect positive COVID-19 cases early. Isolate for at least 10 days if you have a confirmed or probable case of COVID-19, and isolate for at least 14 days if you've had a high-risk contact, 
including any household contacts. Variants of concern are more infectious. The province now recommends individuals around someone exposed to this virus should stay home. Refer to the Section 22 class order to enforce self-isolation requirements in KFLNA region for more information on how to safely self-isolate. Have no more than five people in social gatherings indoors and outdoors within the city of Kingston as per the Section 22 class order to limit social gatherings. The Section 22 order has been extended until April 30th, 2021. Public Health has revised and extended the order with the main focus of continuing to prohibit gatherings of more than five persons and lifted several restrictions on businesses where public health measures are already in place to keep the community safe. Social gatherings include recreational activities such as functions, parties, dinners, or wedding receptions held in private residences, backyards, or parks that are not monitored or staffed by a business or organization. The social gathering limit does not apply to members of the same household, which may include a caregiver or a single individual who has exclusive contact with the household. If you are eligible to book a COVID-19 vaccine, book online at www.ontario.ca slash bookvaccine. If you require assistance with booking, have a red and white health card, or questions about vaccines, call 1-888-999-6488, open daily from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. If you do not have a health card, email address, or phone number, call 343-477-0172, open Monday to Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Please do not contact KFLNA Public Health's main line to inquire about booking appointments, vaccine information, or to check eligibility requirements. Residents are being asked to follow local news sources and or Public Health's Twitter feed. Follow at KFLAPH or visit twitter.com slash KFLAPH so that they will be aware when they are eligible to book. For more information, visit www kflaph.ca slash coronavirus or www.ontario.ca slash coronavirus and follow Public Health's Twitter feed at kflaph. The provincial online vaccine booking tool will be available on Monday, March 29th to register adults 70 years of age and older, born 1951 or earlier. Booking online offers the fastest access to available clinic appointments. Eligible individuals with a green photo health card can schedule their first and second vaccination appointments by visiting www.ontario.ca slash bookvaccine. If you require assistance or have a red and white health card, call 1-888-999-6488, open daily, from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. If you do not have a health card, phone number, or email address, please call 343-477-0172. Only KFLNA residents. Open Monday to Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 4.30 p.m. Please do not call Public Health's main line to book an appointment. As KFLNA Public Health and community partners continue to offer COVID-19 vaccines to eligible groups, all residents are asked to be patient. If you are not eligible, consider assisting family and friends who are, especially adults who are 70 years of age by the end of 2021 or older, who may not have online access or be comfortable booking online appointments. Eligible adults may pre-register for a standby list for extra doses of the COVID-19 vaccine that may become available due to missed appointments. Please visit the vaccine webpage to complete the form. 
The provincial online appointment system will be the most efficient way to book a COVID-19 vaccine clinic appointment, followed by the provincial telephone line. Please do not attend COVID-19 vaccine clinics without an appointment. Vaccines will only be given to those who have an appointment. We appreciate your cooperation to help ensure local vaccine clinics can operate efficiently and effectively. For the most up-to-date information on COVID-19, visit www.kflaph.ca slash coronavirus or www.ontario.ca slash coronavirus. That's all for today. Thanks so much for tuning in and have a great day.
Here is your weekly traffic report for the week of March 29th to April 4th, brought to you by CFRC in the city of Kingston. Road closures are in place this week on Garrett Street near Division, closed until June 30th for construction staging. Local traffic may access Garrett Street from University Avenue. Market Street, Ontario to King, closed April 1st to December 31st to accommodate the Love Kingston Marketplace. Division Street northbound Linton to Hamilton. Expect a lane closure 9am to 3pm on March 29th to accommodate access to underground infrastructure. Watch for a flagged person to direct traffic. Grenadier Drive at Winfield Crescent. Expect delays while construction takes place around the Kingston East Community Centre site. Flag people will be on site to direct traffic. Highway 33 east of Collins Creek Bridge to west of Coronation Boulevard. Expect delays due to construction to improve drainage. Construction barrels and flag people will direct traffic around the work zone. Jackson Mills Road near the KMP Trail reduced to one lane for roadside safety improvements but remains open in both directions. Counter Street, Princess to Indian, expect delays until the summer of 2021 while crews construct a new four-lane road and rail overpass. King Street, Collingwood to Lower University, expect delays over the next few weeks as utilities Kingston crews replace hydro poles in the area. Portsmouth Avenue, Glengarry to Princess, expect delays beginning April 6th as a contractor working on behalf of Utilities Kingston installs a new sanitary sewer and, and upgrades water mains. Princess Street, west of Midland, expect a lane closure March 22nd to April 9th to accommodate construction. Eastbound at the southwest corner of Sir John A. Macdonald, expect a delayed closure from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. on March 31st to accommodate tree maintenance. Highway 15 at Gore, expect short delays as pieces of the main span of the bridge arrive over the next few months. The trucks expected to arrive, arrive after morning rush hour will turn off Highway 401 onto Highway 15 and then onto Gore to reach the bridge's job site at the Cataraqui River. Along Counter Street and Sir John A. Macdonald Boulevard, expect short delays as large trucks carrying bridge girders up to 150 feet long arrive over the next few months. Trucks are expected in the early afternoon and will turn onto Sir John A. Macdonald from Highway 401 and then turn east onto Counter Street to get to the bridge site at the Cataraqui River. Each truck will have car escort to guide it. And that's it for your weekly traffic report. For traffic and other news updates, visit cfrc.ca slash news. Have a great rest of your week, folks. Thank you for listening to The Scoop, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.